Welcome to your favorite comic book channel, Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. And I'm Brian Moss. It is Brian Moss's first time visiting Ides Comic Shop, uh, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh's oldest comic book shop uh, in town. Uh, but first, got to let you guys know about the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. King Kayfabers on the Patreon completely mitigate the Kayfabe effect by getting all the videos before anybody else in a video like this where we unveil our uh, hauls from when we uh, bought a bunch of stuff could could make comics very enticing yeah. uh, on the aftermarket without further ado let's just jump right into some let's stuff man. so we're going to take a look at this is the brian moss hall mm -hmm. from uh from uh, our little little ides round man uh and off the bat we're looking at the two frank Turan issues of Punisher that he drew. We do have a video on the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel with David Cho where we broke right. these down. I hit up Dave. Yo, man, what kind of comics would you like to look through, man? He's like, you, do you know about the Frank Turan Punishers? Mm -hmm. I was like, motherfucker, do I know about the Frank Turan Punishers? I bought this one at Kmart <laughs> when it came out. <laughs> what do you call these, the big jeans? Yeah, they got the hip-hop pants. So, like, in Columbus, uh, I came across this comic at an antique shop, and they were a bit obviously beat-up copies. So to score these yesterday in this nice of condition in... Pretty cheap, right? Dude, $3 each. Uh, that's a dream come true. Because, like, the kayfabe effect hit. Yeah. <laughs> Those things hit, like, $30. I'm like, oh, man, I wanted to replace my copies. Our generation knows about these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so like, these these always kind of were sought after. And, and, you know, when David Cho says, do you know about that? And I go, yes, I do. And then Jimmy has them also. Right. And then you guys, you hit me up, and you were like, oh, man, I thought me and Jeff were the only people that knew about this. Right, exactly. Because it's esoteric. It's deep in the run. It's more towards the end of of Punisher. You mm -hmm. know, Punisher is almost toast. And it's just two maniacal, beautiful issues of comics. Like I said, we, we, we went deep. Yeah. I don't think the editors were paying attention by this point. And was, he just kind of got to do whatever he wanted, you know? It, it was on its last legs. Yeah. And then Turan did a number of covers, maybe, maybe for like the next year. Which I wasn't too familiar with these uh, covers. So this was like even a surprise in itself because like... I don't know about you guys, but I just take comics and paste them to my wall sometimes if it's just the cover. Because if you notice, the insides are terrible. <laughs> like, sorry, artists, but, like, it's dog shit 90s art. <laughs> <laughs> so just to have this cover, it's almost like, you know, just rip it off, right? Right, that's a critical drawing. <laughs> yeah, that one, that works, right? You know what it is, man? Like, uh, Rudy Nabriz is coming in with the inks, and he's, mm -hmm. he's adding, adding, adding some, some humanity to this shit. Yeah. So uh, this one, man, Batman, issue 188. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys, I'm not even sure if this is Ted, I'm assuming this is Silver Age. Sure, yeah, Silver of course. Age, you yeah. know, that has all the... 12 um, issues, yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Now, the thing is, it's like, I don't know about you guys, but it's like, I love this stuff still. Yeah. Um, It's not collected. Uh, they have the Golden Age stuff that they're reprinting now with the um, new covers and everything, but as collections, but I still get these because I cannot find solid collections of silver age batman and obviously they're expensive sometimes but you can find a good deal or i'll just pick up one every now and then that has a great cover and that's a great cover the, totally. vi the villain is a is a ticonderoga pencil <laughs> yeah. that went in a suit yeah pinstripe suit <laughs> radioactive man number 136 uh bat and lash on the writing duties here dan DiCarlo doing pencils mm -hmm. bob smith on inks man that's that's pretty wild stuff seeing seeing uncle dan mm -hmm. who is ubiquitous uh, amongst uh archie aficionados right, right. drawn in the uh, simpson style mm -hmm. it works 
Batten Lash was the writer of A Punisher Meets Archie, which uh, is a video that we did on the channel. So he's mm -hmm. got that knack for, for, for humor stuff. Yeah, it's one of my favorite um, issues. That, um, this Not this, guys, the <laughs> Punisher and Archie. <laughs> but this, so it's kind of funny. I don't ever see um, these like highly detailed like books that are like, you know, you fall below the splat and all those kind of guys. So it's interesting to actually like find these because they're so experimental in doing weird shit, even like this. <laughs> oh man, the War Child Air. See, that's my man, Chap Yap. <laughs> yeah, Chap Yap. Love just, book. just get paid, pay homage to Chap Yap. Yeah, always. <laughs> Yeah, that's some wild stuff. Dude. Yeah, and then you some rife. more dog shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll buy a lot of stuff because it's like you're not going to see it. You Ever. have to get it. And who Ed in their right mind would use this much magenta? <laughs> like, does that make him look tough at all? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty ballsy color combo, man. Like uh, Joe Chiodo from Wildstorm would 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 blend that into his palette mm. and. You know, when I see magenta in these kind of comics, like it makes me, it makes me think of Joe's influence. Yeah, but you know, it's this guy. He's not quite there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not quite there. Definitely influenced by that that '90s image aesthetic, but doesn't quite have the chops. Yeah, these Got are it. fun when you find them. Yeah, those are always fun. I just get the um, singles just because I think that series is pretty um, dense. Yeah. So it's just kind of like you know, always checking in with Eddie Campbell, see what's fresh because he always just keeps it loose. So. You know, it's cool to see what he's working on. This video is brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. Three different levels of support at the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon, including the King Kayfaber level, which completely, completely mitigates the Kayfabe effect by uh, delivering those supporters all the videos before anybody else gets them. Ultimately, our videos are brought to you by the books that we make. Brian Moss, co-host on this episode, has Outer Heaven 1 out, working on issue number 2. And uh, these books are available at his Etsy store by way of his Instagram. This is his contact information right here. If you're interested in getting your hands on Outer Heaven, make sure you hit him up. Uh, shouts to everybody who bought the first couple print runs. I think it's now in its third printing. Mm -hmm. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you soon. Uh, in time for the holidays, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree for the 10 year anniversary. This is uh, going to be a, a 504 page hardcover book with 140 pages of extras, including a lot of artwork I drew exclusively for this book. The X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is coming to you at the end of the year also. Um, some volumes of X-Men Grand Design out of print right now. Get the handy dandy collection, you get it all. Red Room Crypto Killers 1 and 2 are out right now as of this recording. Uh, it is the last season of Red Room Comics. Two trade paperbacks of that are out there in the wild. Jimmy has Street Angel Princess of Poverty forthcoming. It is a companion piece to Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. And if you have both volumes, you have all of Jimmy's uh, Street Angel content to date. And True Crime Funnies uh, has sold out for Jimmy, but he is uh, rushing to press a new print run for this fall. Uh, but you could read the entire True Crime Funnies at Jimmy's Patreon. He is also the author of Hulk Grand Design and the artist behind Playing James. Now that we're done paying the bills, let's get back to the video. I put this one in your hand. Man. Yeah, totally. Mr. X number three, created by uh, Mario Gilbert and Jaime. Mm -hmm. Pretty much drawn by, uh, by Jaime, mm -hmm. which is... Yeah, you can see the sensibilities in the female uh, forms and characters and expressions. Pretty freaking cool, man. Mm -hmm. I like the approach with the um, 
almost like Bauhaus kind of aesthetic of, you know, or like film noir. Yeah. And then that right there, that's fun. You know, something like Oh, that's like Gilbert that. drawing. So, so, yeah. so they're both, they're both <laughs> putting drawings down on the pages. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think they did four ish the first four issues, and I do have them, and they, that will be a video at some point. Yeah, this I don't know what the hell this is. Oh, this is Aerosol Comics. Like I'm a I'm a devotee of this, and if you mm -hmm. get the right ones, you got a you got a Guang Yap Dragon Ring, but uh, Del Kion comes on later. Oh really? Yeah, okay, that's exciting. Is, what year would that have been? Oh, this is like '86. Uh, okay, the, so the this is... comics boom. But Guang Yap. I mean, look at that. That's pro. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's like beautiful. He goes on to to like do comics mm -hmm. for for the big two for sure. Yeah. He he does he does an issue of um, New Mutants Extinction Agenda over top of uh, Rob's uh, roughs. Nice. So you have the to dude check that out. the dude has chops. Yeah. One of the guys who also comes from uh, Aerosol Comics is uh, is Dave Cooper, mm -hmm. and we did a shoot interview with Dave, uh, talking a lot about the the Aerosol era days. Mm -hmm. uh, Pat McKeown. He would do backups uh. <laughs> in, in uh, like Weasel mm -hmm. with uh, Dave Cooper. Yeah, he did. Uh, he drew Grendel Warchild. Also. Okay, yeah, I have that. So you can see this dude has freaking chops from the start. I don't mm -hmm. know what he's up to now. I, I heard rumors of animation. Yeah, that makes sense. I usually go into that. And there's Dave Cooper right yep. there, dude. So you got totally. you got you got a, yeah, you got got a, a good solid crew. I'm a, yeah, I'm a collector of Aerosol. Yeah, this is my first introduction to the Aerosol stuff. So this is great. And this is one of my favorite dudes from uh, from the Air, the Aerosol days, man. Warlock Five. You get the first like 17, 18 issues of that. Mm -hmm. uh, Denny Boivet or something is the name. Uh, he did the Alien miniseries after the Black and White first one. I think it might mm -hmm. be before the. Sam Keith one. Right. Obviously, Ren and Stimpy can't go wrong. This is like Dan Slott was the writer on these these early shits, man. Yeah, look at that. Oh, God. Yeah, he was he was in the game early with this kind of bullshit. I didn't bullshit. realize that. Mike Cazella, the artist of Captain Jack, who mm. actually did work with John Kay at Spumco, mm. uh, even going back into the uh, Mighty, Mighty Mouse days. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's um, always interesting uh, to find these because I don't collect them. Um, not out of any reason besides, you know, just, you know, convenience. So it's one of those things where, like, kind of... Because, you know, they were just making so much money at this time off licensed books, you know? The the, the Beavis and Butthead book was a big hit. Yeah. So why not try to get another bite at that apple? Yeah. And so a lot of this stuff is kind of nostalgic because I would see this in newsstands, you know, as a kid, so... It's kind of like, oh yeah, let's tap into that, see what's up. I remember when that Dragon Strike, mm -hmm. uh, the, the VHS tape man has yeah. Ma Malibu, the American Gladiator, because he's too much of a puss. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the documentary, <laughs> he, he blinks too much. Blinks too much, man. <laughs> yeah, he can't take a hit. Little rig each piece. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. I have it as a trade. Nice to have that cover. Yeah, yeah. You great, know. great methods and materials. Yeah, Airbrush. Man. Doc Martin dies. Yep. Uh, Rick, Rick we, Beach won the goats. He's he is on my Mount Rushmore. He's a, he's a top five cartoonist for me. We've got a big video on Brat Pack. We've got a great video on uh, Max Immortal. Yeah, which is incredible. We have probably a two hour shoot interview with Rick Veach, and we have not yet done the one, but we need to. Yeah, the one is definitely. And then here, man, tell the people what we're looking da -da 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 -da. at, dude. So we, as you know, so I'm a big fan of like all the image creators and everything, and all they always talk about is collecting those first hundred issues yeah. of Fantastic <laughs> Four. They're like they'll talk about having a spinner rack with the first hundred issues, and I'm like, dude, that is such a passive, awesome 
idea to just collect them because you get the actual to experience it like because i've always experienced it in the essentials so to actually get these get those ads get the wear and tear um and at that price from ides you can't go wrong yeah yeah so snatch them up quickly all we need is reader copies yeah you know we ain't we ain't we ain't bougie slabbers right yeah oh god never 4862 blastar and i think i think these have personality you know this is this is a this is a motif of kirby he did, yeah. he did a bunch of like the guy kind of bound to an asteroid yep. kind of, Hulk kind of images mm -hmm. the later you get man the, the tighter the synergy between uh Sinet and uh and kirby mm-hmm so yeah, so these Classic were cover. yeah, so these were just I was elated when I seen these and just grabbed them, you know. So that's I'm really happy. I have probably about 25 issues, you know, throughout the first hundred. So it's really cool to um, expand that collection. All right, drum roll, Eddie. All right, Let's do dude. it. Let's see what we got. So you can grab your stack. Yeah. And... So next, what we're checking out is Ed stack. Yes, and uh, you go to Ide, you go to the basement, you go underneath the stairs. And you can often find very cool comics uh, in 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 their uh, cheapo stacks. Been beat up copies. Mm -hmm. On the back, you take a look. Sixty cents. It's always written in pencil. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm a Cubert Mark, so when I see some cheap uh, GI combats or whatever, he was the editor on this, and you never know who is going to show up doing the art duties. So uh, this is Glansman up front, but you might have some like Russ Heath in the back there. Nice. Joe will show up every now and then. Mm -hmm. And then you do get some weird stuff, man. This dude, Rick Estrada, not a big fan of his, his artwork. It's very, very crude, very, very rough. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things that's noteworthy is he's ambidextrous. So uh, he can draw both hands, but yeah. maybe you should practice more with one hand. <laughs> is, what, is, is, is what I'm thinking about. Yeah, that. some of these weird tangents. That looks like straight for the jewel sacks, doesn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like balls view, dude. Like, exactly. All day. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Rock. If it's not, if it's not Cubert, uh, like you get like a Russ Heath joint, and that's what we're exactly looking at right here, man. Mm -hmm. Russ Heath looking super sharp. Yeah, it's kind of wild the um, rendering and details, even how they still hold up really well. That the paper hasn't just smudged to death. You and know? you could you could always tell when Joe Cubert is like fussing on the page though and like adding a little something something mm -hmm. these back pages uh during later years like the guys like rick veach and steve Bassett will get their first opportunities in print mm -hmm. in the back here and then uh sometimes in the back you get little hints of uh the filipino cartoonists yeah. will show up but i don't know who this is but it looks looks pretty cool mm -hmm. another russ heath yep from the looks mm -hmm. keep them in the front we know what sells. Yeah. Then you got this like sad sack bullshit later, man. Mm -hmm. Same Glansman. Yeah, it's like uh, just just How look at the front cover? half. Yeah, like that's beautiful. Pretty cool cover. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is unmistakable Joe Kubert, mm -hmm. right up front, man. So always a gem when you get some Uncle Joe. Yeah. Comics in the mixture. I've always um, been impressed with just like with his that. consistency. Yeah. Throughout the years. Yeah, for sure. He he you always know? drew well. Mm -hmm. Always drew well. Yeah. Kona's man. Uh, I am putting together a a run of of Kona. Uh, these were made aware to me by that Art Out of Time book that Dan Nadell put together. 
uh, as being like one of the features that that was that was highlighted. And this is pure Sam Glansman. Oh, wow. We just we just saw him in uh, the GI Combat, but uh, for what is this Dell? Yeah, for Dell, he did like a twenty-something issue run of this Kona series, and it's just, it's just very odd stuff. Man out of time, yada yada. Mm-hmm. But you got uh, some avatars in there. I always um. I'm putting together a run, and I'm putting that run together just in the basement of uh Yeah, that's so of fun. Ides, a buck apiece. Yeah. Can't go wrong. Dark Horse Presents 9. Uh, Dark Horse Presents, like Marvel Comics Presents, uh, or like uh, Chevelle Noir. Like, mm-hmm. anytime I see those kinds of anthology titles, I scoop them up. Yeah. I, I scoop them up because uh, you'll, you'll inevitably get, like, at least one cool thing. And sometimes it puts you onto artists that you never knew. Mm-hmm. And uh, you might you might just be surprised. Another great um, one of those anthologies around that time was also that Negative Burn. Do you remember that one there? Oh, you know what? Ro- Roma is John Workman. Fossil is Tony Summons. Okay. Yeah, this is the Dakota North guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Negative Burn, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. A lot of um, great heavy hitters in that we anthology. Just, we just looked at a book that was... Um, called Alan Moore's Songbook that uh, collected a bunch of negative burn strips that people drew using song lyrics from like his childhood band oh, or something, his teenage band. Yeah, 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 pretty cool thing. Gen 13, Monkey Man O'Brien, I think I have issue number two. I think there were two issues. And if not, I have a different cover for issue number one because mm-hmm. I do not have this comic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Art Adams, right? Art Adams, of course. Yeah. Script, script and pencils. Different inker. Actually, let me look in it because it might be familiar. Because I do have a Monkey Man O'Brien Gen 13. But you know how you mm-hmm. could get waxed sometimes, man, with the variant covers. Right. And of course, a big influence on somebody like J. Scott Campbell. Right, totally. So it makes sense for him to kind of show up here, get a real good payday. Mm-hmm. Let's scoop up those early uh, Ninja High Schools. Er- earlier, the better. Yeah. Um, this is a this is kind of a color special. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I never tapped into these, so you know, early the, stuff's great. The Amira manga uh, is is an interest of mine for sure, and mm-hmm. and there are a couple of people who did it super well, like Ben Ben Dunn when he was really cooking and like really putting in effort, mm-hmm. uh, did did real good. And then you have uh, people like Reggie Byers who did Shuriken, had his own publishing house called Victory. Mm-hmm. This one's called Shrike, and I don't know too much about that. Um, inked by Keith Andrews, but drawn, I believe, by uh, by Byers. It has that the Byers stink on it a bit. <laughs> kind of big eyes. Mm-hmm. You know, James O'Barr. All these guys, they were kind of like looking at the exact same kind of manga at that point, which would have been not much. It would have right. been like stuff that Eclipse put out. Yeah. Ultraman Taiga, issue seven. I don't have all of these by any stretch, but Tony Wong was a publisher of of, of uh, Jade Man Comics, that, that that giant comic book company. You see a lot of Jade Mans. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we did a video of some like late period Jade Man, and Jimmy brought over uh, these Ultramans and image comics that he drew and things. And these are really impressive. What um, year was this? Ed? Yeah, let's see. Because that's because uh, it's like two thousand four. Okay. This dude got put was in like Chinese prison for years. Uh, put together well over a hundred issues of Jade Man comics. Uh, kind of innovated a lot of coloring aesthetic that was done in comics. Mm-hmm. So cool to see. I'll, I'll grab these whenever whenever I come across them. 
same deal. Another uh, Dark Horse Presents with a Ron Randall mm-hmm. Trekker in there. Argosy and uh, a Monty Sheldon story. I don't know much about that. But like... Oh, a, that's great. Yeah, this buck, is... You just, just grab them. Yeah. Just grab them, man. Ron Randall using a uh, duotone. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. And uh, but by the space of the lines, I could tell that he probably drew these pages kind of small. Mm-hmm. Another another solid issue, you know, yeah. pretty experimental story. Put that one in the back. Mm-hmm. This is a cool one, man. This is not the first appearance of the mask, but it's an early appearance of uh, the mask when it was still M A S Q U E. I had no clue about this, Ed. Yeah, it man. actually blowing my mind right now. Yeah, Dark Horse presents fourteen is the issue, and this is a heavy hitter, dude. This is uh, Paul Chadwick doing a concrete story. Mark Badger's doing a story in art on mask, and mm-hmm. then uh, there's a Mister Monster story in the back there nice chadwick bad motherfucker man yeah several videos on chadwick on Mm -hmm. the channel yeah he was like one of those dark horse dudes uh super early that i like you know felt like i was like getting something special when i would pick up his books that is insane before doug monk got on the game that is insane learn something new every day right on the the (laughs) kp channel my dude It's funny they should actually do like a, a riff on that. Well, they probably have before to like bring back in the old versus the new one. Something Shit, like you that. You just gave them an idea, man. <laughs> right, they owe me a little bit of scratch. Pay, pay Brian and do it. Right. Supreme, number 15. <laughs> oh, God. This is very important. Yep, lay it on us. Because I was uh, going through some Supremes digitally, man, and I come across this artist, Petty, who like has been lost to the ages but he's one of those mcfarlane clones that is supremely fun to look at yeah it's so weird it's super weird and it's i was thinking about this these last night and it's like he was he's really into like the human faces that mcfarlane draws like usually people are into the monsters but he's like really into like getting this correct for some reason you know it's a very odd tangent like he repeats it over and over those hairs the compositions of the pages yeah you know he did not do enough books to to really be memorable but he could have been, you know, the splat of the organization. Now we realize why you don't put the gimmicks in the damn draws, man. Because that is just like... Dude, it's the two... All lines pointing towards the sack yeah, piece. I'm like, man, you trying to make me feel uncomfortable, bro? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of the stuff is really weird. It's it's interesting because you could tell he picked up on the more cartoony side of McFarlane. Right. Versus the rendered, like, parts of it. Yeah, I do wonder what else this petty guy did. Uh, did he get out, out of comics pretty quick? Mm. Did he end up drawing those like toy comics? Is it just a kayfabe name for uh, John Cleary or one of those right. other Boof in the Bruise crew type guys? Yeah. Yeah. What a great find, Ed. Yeah. Yeah. Weird one, man. Uh, Trespassers, man. This is this is Ohio comics, specifically oh, Cleveland, man. Okay. Joe Zabel, Gary Dumb, two collaborators who who uh, who worked with Harvey Picar mm-hmm. in collaboration uh, lots of times. I uh, see. So, yeah, they're in Cleveland Heights. Nice. Uh, they published this stuff. They published a lot. There were several Trespassers books. This is issue number five. They would always give you more bang for your buck. Um, a little bit of Charles Burns feel in there. Yeah, kind, like. kind of. You know, I, I unapologetically love their their comics. Like yeah. they're they're so readable. They're so cool. Yeah, it's very professional. I actually like the, the like really impressed by these. Yeah, but it's it's no fuss, no muss. You mm-hmm. know, like it is not about flash whatsoever. Yeah. You get that uh, mid mid view always. Yeah. 
Yeah, you can as long as it's legible, man. I do not knock it too much, you know. Yeah, yeah, but they, you know, discipline no is flash. important. Yeah. And then uh, issue a comic scene from the first round. I think it was like maybe eleven issues of the first round, and then uh, you know more, a couple dozen issues of the next. Me and Jimmy recently did a comics journal issue number thirty-seven. We're gonna do those chronologically for a while, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I like the idea of going through with comic scenes, mm-hmm. amazing heroes, like yep. comics interviews, those kinds of mags. Yeah, totally. And then uh, had to scoop this one up, man, because mm-hmm. like this one, you know, this is a legendary comic. This is this is a this is Walt Simonson doing a uh, a Star Wars comic, you know, with this like new NPC character that has you know black hair with like white streaks mm-hmm. and a big gun and a scar on his eye. <laughs> Sounds like something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's, uh, you know, very ter- very Terminator-like. Mm-hmm. And uh, which probably speaks to that era. But, uh, you know, you got your pretty standard fare. Like, look at this, dude. I, I think this is in between Empire and Jedi when they do those adaptations. Mm-hmm. And then when they were just continuing to do the damn comics, like... This is what the Marvel guys create as a species of, <laughs> right. of yeah, Star yeah, Wars. You know, Cap- Captain Thunder Bunny or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember um, Howard Chankin talking about that. He was like, because he didn't have much of the um, yeah. source material. Right. Yeah, had to had to like sketch. Yeah. You know, stuff that he was like seeing on the screen or yeah. something. Yeah, ended up becoming Bucky O'Hare. And then, of course, the great reveal of our scarred eyeball uh, guy when he rips off his face. Hmm. to show his homage to, like, a Terminator, but potentially very influential yes. uh, c- comic mm-hmm. to some, man. There it is. It's the Ides Hall, dude. Uh, stop by uh, the Pittsburgh Comic Shops. Uh, if you're ever in town, uh, we got a bunch of good ones. Ides, Copacetic Comics, Phantom of the Attic, uh, all g- all great shops that, that, uh, that we have uh, been going to for years and years and years. And uh, I was surprised that you never went to to Ides before. But never. I'm, I'm glad we yeah. we remedied remedied that, and uh, we did not have very much time uh, right. because it was Sunday, closes at five. You guys came into town around three ish. Mm-hmm. We had a good hour, hour and a half yeah. to put in that effort and uh, dig around. But there is lots of good stuff. There's lots of good chaos. They always get a lot of new things mm-hmm. uh, in in. So uh, the 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 back issues like they they replenish pre- pretty regularly. Uh, without further ado, let's let's get the show on the road. Kayfabers, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon is where the King Kayfabers mitigate the Kayfabe effect by getting all of our videos before anybody else. Brian Moss is Outer Heaven number one. This is where you can order it. Go to Strange Things Moss at Instagram. He has links to his Etsy store uh, where he is selling these things. It is in his third printing now, thanks to uh, the cartoonist Kayfabe audience. And uh, I hear tell that the dude is working on some other things. Yes, sir. That will be available sooner than later. Have our Family Tree Omnibus coming to you at the end of this year, collecting all four volumes of Hip Hop Family Tree, celebrating the 10 year anniversary of Hip Hop Family Tree, 50th anniversary of hip hop culture. Scoop up that book, 140 pages of new material in there. X-Men Grand Design Trilogy is coming to you. There's a volume or two of that out of print as we speak, but this trade paperback is where you're gonna be able to get all those stories in one handy dandy volume, all of my X-Men comics. The, the stuff I'm putting out these days now, brand new, Red Room. 
Crypto Killers, the last season of Red Room Comics. As of this recording, two, two issues are out there. By the time you see this video, there are three issues out there. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. Each issue completely self-contained. You see an issue, scoop it up, give it a shot. And if you like it, grab another. Jimmy has True Crime Funnies. He printed up a bunch of these comics. You bought them all. So now you have to read it on his Patreon until that reprint comes out. And we will let you know whenever those comics are available again in a tangible fashion. Uh, make sure you check that out at Jimmy's Patreon. And Street Angel Princess of Poverty is coming to you towards the end of the year. Collecting all of his uh, Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive. Uh, great companion piece to that book. You have both books. You have all of Jimmy's Street Angel content to date. We have newsletters. We have merchandise at the links in the description below. All those ways are viable ways to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Brian, please give the people out there the marching orders so that we can be on our way. Totally. Read more comics.